and welcome back to Marshy's Corner, brought to you by Summit Heights Club. Go give Summit Heights Club a follow on Instagram, guys. There's going to be a lot of fun content coming out. It's not just my podcast. Um, at the moment, that's all it looks like, plus a little bit of a little bit of basketball and a little bit of uh, a little bit of music and stuff. But no, there's actual content coming from other people. Uh, it's going to be coming, so follow that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I reckon. Yeah, I think it's a good follow. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, So yeah, Summit Heights Club. Go find them on Instagram. And yeah, let's get into the podcast. Uh, Today's episode is uh, NBA Awards and All-NBA Teams. Uh, The NBA season's over and uh, yeah, the awards are coming. And I thought it'd be fun to just give my little little take on uh, what I think the awards should be and who I'd vote for and... Yeah, so I'm kind of just going to start with... I'm going to do all the awards, then I'm going to get into the All-NBA teams. Um, And yeah, I'm going to start off with... I'm going to start off with the most improved player, uh, just because it's so easy. Um, The most improved player this year is Julius Randle. There is zero question about that. Um... I'll make the case for him, even though I feel like I don't really have to. Last season, points per game, 19.5. Rebounds, 9.5. Assists, uh, 3. Yeah, 3. Basically 3 on the dot. Um, This season, from 19 points a game, he's gone up to 24 points a game. Rebounds, obviously, uh, so I said before, 9.5. He's just up over 10 now. And the assists, he's doubled the assists from 3 to 6. So... Uh, he's improved in all those categories. Um, the, this is a little fun. I saw this the other day. Players to average 24 points, 24 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, and 6 plus assists in a season. Oscar Robinson, Wilt Chamberlain, Larry Bird, Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook? Russell Westbrook, and Nikola Jokic, and Julius Randle. Uh, so that's, that's a list right there that if you want to be a part of a list with those sorts of names, you know, if you're on that list, you're doing pretty well. Um, other reasons that you can give him that most improved award, uh, win shares. If you don't know what a win share is, let me explain a win share to you. Uh, a win share is your, it provides an estimate of the number of wins each player has contributed to his team's win total on the season. Uh, these wins include the player's real plus minus and his number of possessions played. So, basically to break it down to you a little bit more simply, um, these are the sorts of players that are around that top of the list. So, Steph Curry is the top of that list. Second, Rudy Gobert. Third, Nikola Jokic. Fourth, Damian Lillard. Fifth, Giannis. And six is Julius Randle. Uh, the other guys in the top ten, LeBron James, Chris Paul, uh, Paul George. Uh, Luka Doncic is up there. Uh, Terry Rozier is up there. That, that's a fun one. Um, but no, th- these are it's, it, it's a complicated stat, but it, it seems to hold a little bit of value. Because some of these stats you can kind of throw out there, and there's all these random names, and you're like, okay, well, I don't know if that's a legit stat we have to look at. This seems to be like a pretty legit stat. Um, and Julius Randle sits at sixth this season for win shares. 
Uh, last season, I, I was curious, and I decided to look up where he sat last year. He was at 149th. I almost quit scrolling to find him. That's how long it took to find him. 149th, he's up to 6th. Uh, that's a huge jump. He's right up there with some of those elite guys in that win shares uh, statistic. Um, and then the final reason to give him most improved is he's the best player on a Knicks team that's relevant again. And out, outside of Coach Tibbs, I think it's mostly due to Julius Randle. So props to Julius Randle. I, I think no one really cares about the unanimous uh, most improved player award. But if there is a most improved award, I really cannot. I didn't even write down an honorable mention. Uh, I think it's him. So Julius Randle, most improved. Uh, moving on, six man of the year. Um, six man of the year. This is a weird one. Okay, I've put Jordan Clarkson as my number one, and he's a great scorer, and he's really provided the Utah Jazz a lot of scoring off the bench, and that's genuinely what you want out of your six man. So I think it was really easy for them to. I think it's. I think he's the easy choice. Obviously, I think he's averaging around 18 points a game off the bench there, and that's what people want from their bench. They want that. That's The six-man of the year tends to go to that guy that brings that explosive scoring punch. Jazz are obviously the number one team in the league. Donovan Mitchell's, Mitchell's missed some time. Jordan Clarkson has kind of been that consistent spark. But I think if Derek Rose spent more of the season in New York, I think he has a bigger chance at winning this award. He's His play has been awesome. And he's really sparked the uh, the New York Knicks, their their gameplay off the bench. Um, and there's a lot less talent on the Knicks than there is over in Utah. Uh, and so it kind of feels like Derrick Rose is almost a starter for that Knicks team. But he does come off the bench. And the fact that he feels like a starter kind of shows his importance. Um, here's my other thing with Jordan Clarkson is... Is he even the most valuable bench player on his team? Because they also have Joe Ingles. And I understand. I'm Australian. Um, I may show a little bit of bias towards the the other Australians in the NBA. But if you watch the Utah Jazz play, like the playoffs are coming up. And if if someone came to Utah and goes, look, you have to, you, you got to lose Joe Ingles or Jordan Clarkson. Who do you pick? I genuinely think they pick Jordan Clarkson. I think they get rid of him before they get rid of Joe Ingles. So can you be the sixth man of the year if you're not even the most important player off your own bench? I don't know. Um, look, I've penciled him in at, in at number one. It, it's it's one of those statistic things, hey. And it's it's not the playoffs, and I, I think it's one of those things that come playoff time. It's a different six man is going to come into play here, and I'm not saying Jordan Clarkson's Lou Williams, but Lou Williams may be the biggest drop off of any relevant player ever from regular season to playoffs. Um, and he always won those six man of the years, and then come playoff time, he disappears. I'm not saying Jordan Clarkson's going to do that. But similar vibes. I, I I think Joe Ingles is a bigger player for them off the bench, uh, defensively, playing out of the pick and roll, obviously spreading the court, shooting the three ball. I, I think they'd rather keep him um, come playoff time. But there you go. Pencil Jordan Clarkson in. 
if I had a vote, I would probably talk myself into voting for Derek Rose. Um, but yeah, that's that. Uh, rookie of the year, rookie of the year. That's an easy one. Um, it's Lamelo Ball. It's not Anthony Edwards. If you think it's Anthony Edwards, I'm sorry. And uh, you know everyone's entitled to their own opinion. You're wrong. Lamelo Ball. If you if you're basing solely off oh, but you know Anthony Edwards averaged more points and whatever. Like I don't care. You watch the games. Lamelo Ball impacts his team in a winning fashion much more than Anthony Edwards seems to do so. Uh, it, it got a little bit dicey there. Lamelo was missing some games with his wrist. He's back. He's playing. I don't think we have to overcomplicate this. Lamelo Ball's the rookie of the year. He's the better player. If you don't pick him now, people are going to look back and go, yeah, we, we messed up there. He was meant to be the rookie of the year. Don't stuff it up. Don't overthink it. He's played enough games. He made it back from his injury, and he came back, and he was the same player. And first game back, he throws that ridiculous underarm full-court pass, and you're like, oh, yeah, that that's the guy's the rookie of the year. Don't overthink it. Vote for him. Um, and he's really – he's helped change that, that, that franchise around, really. Um, Michael Jordan – Go thank LaMelo Ball. It's also Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward coming to your team makes a massive difference, but LaMelo's been unreal. Vote for him for Rookie of the Year, uh, and we can move on from that. Coach of the Year, uh, maybe I'm biased. I'm going Tom Thibodeau, Coach Tibbs. Um, he has turned the Knicks into a relevant team, and I love it. Uh, I think there's a lot to be said about a coach that is – taken a team with next to no player movement like it's almost the same team as last year they obviously got Derek Rose in the middle of this year but there hasn't been a lot of there hasn't been a lot of player movement and he's taken them from a record of 21 and 45 last season and they finished 12th in the east to a team that's finished fourth with a record of 41 and 31 like he's flipped them He's flipped them completely. Uh, obviously, the season was a little bit shorter, but I if you if you added the extra ten games, that there's a good chance the Knicks pretty much end up with a completely flipped uh, record, and that's completely off the back of what Coach Coach Tibbs has brought to that organization. So, um, yeah, he's brought the most out of Julius Randle. Um, and yeah, he has that team functioning and they, they look great and um RJ Barrett looks a lot better and yeah, well done. I the the other the other coaches I had in there I had Quinn Snyder from Utah at number two, obviously number one team in the West. Um Monty Williams of the Suns, he's done a great job, but is it the Monty Williams effect or is it the Chris Paul effect? I don't know. Um, that's up to you. And then special shout out to Steve Nash. Yes, he's got Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and all those boys in Brooklyn, but they've barely played any basketball together. And he's had to deal with LaMarcus Aldridge arriving in Brooklyn for two minutes and then leaving, um, managing like just, can you imagine trying to manage, (laughs) can you imagine trying to manage Kyrie Irving uh, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Kevin Durant, 
that's a lot of prima donnas. He's done a great job. They're a good team, and they've all been in and out of the lineup, and he's kept them kept them playing well. So, uh, shout out to Steve Nash. Loved him as a player. Obviously, doing a pretty pretty good job as a coach as well. Um, all right, moving on from coach of the year, uh, let's get into defensive player of the year. Uh, defensive player of the year. <clears throat> this is a tough one. I struggle with this one. Uh, I think you can flip a coin between two players. I think you can flip a coin between Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons. Um, Gobert is leading the league in blocks, defensive boards, and defensive win shares, and he's the best defender on the be- best defensive team in the league. So uh, he does seem prepped to be... Uh, a defensive player of the year for the third time in his career, which is super impressive. You can make an argument that he's the best defensive player in the league. This is where I struggle, and this is where I bring in Ben Simmons. Once again, I promise I'm not being biased to Australians here, because as far as I'm concerned, until until I see Ben Simmons in that Australian jersey, he's barely Australian. (laughs) Um, But here's the thing with Ben Simmons and why I think I would pick him. It's because there's never a point in time that you'd sub Ben Simmons out of a game due to defensive liabilities. And we've seen it happen in the playoffs to Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert gets moved out of the out of the lineup because teams go small and he can't he does a good job of sticking with smaller guards and, and those stretch for uh forwards and just those wing players, like he does a he does a better job than most centers, but he still is tough to play. Whereas Ben Simmons, there is never a point in time that you know you'd you look at you look at who you've got on the court and they're getting chewed up, and you've got to make a defense you've got to make a defensive change. There is not a single point that you look on the court and then you look at your bench and go, "We need to take Ben Simmons out." I think he's the most versatile defender in the NBA. Uh, most people say he can guard one to four. He can really guard one to five. And especially since the league goes smaller. And as soon as the team tries to go small, well, it's like, cool, Ben Simmons can guard can guard the center. The, the center in, in quotation marks. Whatever. Um, whoever's playing the biggest position when a team goes small ball. So that's why I'd pick Ben Simmons. I think he's more versatile. If I was actually picking a team and and I was like, who is the best defender I can pick? I'd pick Ben Simmons. Um, but no, that's just me. So, But I, I can understand all the reasons to pick Rudy Gobert. It's hard to argue it. Uh, but they're, they're my one and two. I'd pick Ben Simmons. I think Rudy Gobert wins his third one though. Alrighty, the exciting award, MVP. Um, you know, before I get into this, I've got my top five here. Um, but I want to throw an honorable mention out before I get started uh, in this MVP list. I'm going to give my honorable mention to Julius Randle, my most improved player. He's definitely winning that. I've got him in at six for the MVP. I wanted to put him higher, but I just couldn't talk myself into it. Um, no, actually, I could have talked myself into it, but I knew it wouldn't be very educated. 
But he's the best player on a Knicks team. My Knicks. Uh, I'm just going to cut the podcast real quick and talk about my team, just so people have an idea of who I am. Uh, a lot of my friends like to like to joke around that I'm a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm not a Golden State Warriors fan. I'm a Steph Curry fan. He's my favorite player. He's probably my favorite athlete of all time. I won't deny it. Um, love everything he's about. Love watching him play. If, if there's a Steph game on, like I don't want to miss it. Um, but my team is the New York Knicks. There's a couple of reasons I picked the Knicks as my team. One, uh, when I started watching them, they were bad. And, you know, when, you, when you're picking a team, especially when you're not from that country, you don't want to be that guy that picks the best team, okay? So I picked, I picked New York. It's the Knicks. It, it's in New York. I was like, yeah, okay, let's pick the Knicks. The other reason I picked them is because I've only ever watched one live NBA game. Um, and it was a great experience. Maybe one time I'll get to share that story more. Um, <clears throat> But it was in Madison Square Garden. It was at New York. So my only game was in New York. The Knicks were bad. They have been bad. And I was like, you know what? That That's the team I want to root for. Um, but in saying all of that, if Seattle got a team, I have a lot of family from Seattle. If Seattle got a team, I go for the Seahawks in the NFL, I would probably move on from the Knicks and uh, I would support that Seattle team. Um, but it might not ever happen and I needed a team. I picked the Knicks, uh, and I feel, I feel, I feel a way towards them now. So that's my team. Shout out Julius Randall. You're playing amazing. Uh, I'm loving it. I'm extremely excited for the playoffs. I think you guys beat the Hawks. Um, that's right. I'm pretty sure they're playing the Hawks first round. I probably should check that before I just start throwing things out there. Um, yeah, no. Nah. Go Knicks. Uh, but no, let's get into this MVP. Uh, my number one is Nikola Jokic. He, I think he is the MVP. Um, I really want to make a case for Steph, and I think I could really push for a good case for Steph. But Steph is the eighth seed. And who knows what goes on, what's going to happen in these... Uh, in these uh, elimination games before the playoffs even start. Um, But yeah, on to Nikola Jokic. He's just had a phenomenal season, right? And um, yeah, you know what? I'm going to say it. At the start of the season, (laughs) I was on Sportsbet looking at just the MVP race. Uh, This is actually before the season started. And I was like, who who do I think's got the best odds? Uh, who's paying the best? And I'm like, they actually have a chance. And, you know, there's all these guys paying whatever, and they're, like, right at the top. And you, you've got your Giannis's, you've got your LeBron's. Uh, a little bit further down, there was Steph at around $12 to start the season. I was like, oh, that could be cheap. That's that's a cheeky bet right there. Scroll down, scroll down. It's getting ridiculous, some of the names I'm seeing. And then, for some reason, I kept scrolling and there's Nikola Jokic at $34. $34 for Nikola Jokic to win. And I was like, Nikola Jokic is the best player on the Denver Nuggets, and the Denver Nuggets are probably going to finish in the top four in the West. And he's paying $34. And so I chucked I chucked five bucks on there, and I wish I chucked more, because uh, I'm going to win $170. I think he's definitely going to be the MVP. 
Um, I should have capitalized on it more, but no, there you go. Just if you didn't know, Nikola Jokic was paying $34 at the start of the season on Sportsbet to be the MVP. And I hopped on it, and I'm pretty happy about that. Um, okay, so the case for Jokic, Jamal Murray goes down injured, and he just continues his play. Uh, I don't believe he's missed a game this season. If he has, it's not many. So he's been healthy. He's been there. He's been there for his team. If he wasn't there, I think they struggle, uh, especially when Jamal Murray goes down. He had a big block against the Clippers uh, later on in that season to win a game, which kind of felt like when he got that block, it kind of felt like he cemented his MVP. Uh, and that was uh, that was straight after a big Steph game where Steph was making a bit of an MVP push. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's Nikola Jokic. The numbers are ridiculous. The wind shares, um, yeah, all the all the anal- analytics, everything. It's all, it all kind of, he's got it all in place to win MVP. So, uh, the the records there for the team, and yeah, I think Nikola Jokic is the twenty 2020, twenty 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 one MVP, and and yeah, uh, but going down the list, let me make my case for Steph. Um, look, the case for Steph is, is he's just been so exciting this season, right? Like he's been so much fun. If anyone hasn't enjoyed Steph Curry this season, well, you're lame. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say. Um, he's led the league in scoring, led the league in every scoring category three pointers whatever you want to talk about I, I don't want to get into it too much we all understand what Steph Curry does um here's the the, the funnest the most funnest the most fun Steph statistic uh analytic stat whatever you want to call it is we talked about the win shares before by the way he leads the league in win shares wait let me let me actually just confirm that real quick yeah he does he, he leads the league in win shares um, by quite a significant margin. Uh, he's at 19.05 for win shares. Uh, at second place is, hey, actually Rudy Gobert, 16.52. Third place, Nikola Jokic, 15.85. So he's he's got like a solid three and a half uh, gap between him and Nikola Jokic. Uh, but what I do want to talk about is Steph's... Um, Offensive, offensive uh, performance. So his points, it's his ORPM, so his offensive rating. Uh, and what that is is a player's estimated on-court impact on team offensive performance, measured in points scored per 100 offensive possessions. So basically, when this guy's on the court, how does their team perform offensively? Steph leads the league. Are you ready for this? So he's at a 7.08. And you know what? This is a pretty good stat because let's go through the top 10. Steph's leading at 7.08. After that, LeBron's at number two, 4.63. Kevin Durant, third, 4.07. James Harden, fourth, 3.99. Steph's almost doubled James Harden. Okay, anyway, continuing. Giannis is fifth, 3.89. Lillard, he's in that 3.8 area. 
Donovan Mitchell is then seventh, and there's a bit of a drop off that three point two. This is where it gets funny. This is how good of an offensive player Steph Curry is. The person that comes in eighth. So let's just go through that top ten: Steph one, LeBron two, Kevin Durant three, James Harden four, Giannis five, Lillard six, Donovan Mitchell seven. At eighth, they have Jordan Poole, the shooting guard for the Golden State Warriors. That's how good Steph is, that he he brought Jordan Poole up to this number. Uh, number nine is actually Lonzo Ball. Maybe that's a, a, a podcast for another day. Lonzo Ball is underrated. Um, number 10, Nikola Jokic. Uh, number 11, LaMelo Ball got in there, 12, Kyrie Irving. As you can see, this is a pretty decent stat in terms of looking at a team's offense and going, yeah, look. That team is much better when that player is on the court. Um, and Steph has led this stat, he's, or at least been top two for, I don't forever now. Um, if you actually, I don't actually know what the definition of the most valuable player is, because there's all these things like, oh, like they have to finish with this sort of team record, blah, 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 blah. If we're talking straight, the, the argument's now there for Nikola Jokic because they lost Jamal Murray. And, you know, he kind of did have to put that team on his back and he did it and he did a really great job. But if we're talking about someone who is just the most valuable player, like he has dragged that shitty Golden State Warriors team into the eighth seed. Like it, his season has been phenomenal. And if you really want to get into the definition of the person that's the most valuable to their team's success... Like, I can't remember how many games he's missed. I think he's missed nine off the top of my head. But I know the team's like one and eight. They were at one point one and eight when Steph didn't play. And so if you start doing the math on that, this Golden State Warriors team just wins games because of Steph. Like, they're a good team. If Steph didn't miss any games this season, they're just a good team. And they're not. They're a horrible team. So... Uh, that's, that's the case for Steph Curry and he's not going to win it. It's going to be Nikola Jokic, but I like to make it a, a case for Steph and he's my number two, uh, which I know a lot of people are going to disagree with because they think Embiid is number two. Um, that's fair enough. There's, there's been points in this season where Embiid has looked like the most unstoppable player in the, in the NBA and, uh, he's my number three, uh, it kind of comes down to that same definition. Like, what, what, what is the definition of MVP? Because I don't think Embiid is as valuable as Steph Curry is. Like, that Philly team is really good, and I, th- I think they could push for the Eastern Conference Championship because of Joel Embiid, but also because of Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris and Seth Curry and, and all those boys they have down there uh, in Philadelphia. So, um. Embiid is my number three. He looks like an unstoppable force. It's kind of like a modern-day Shaq at times. Um, And I think they could really be a problem in the playoffs if they can get to the Brooklyn Nets. Because I don't know how Blake Griffin, Kevin Durant, and uh, DeAndre Jordan handle Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid. Um... And 
I think they'd be scared of him. And I think he would feast on them. And then it just comes down to whether can he feast enough uh, that they can actually win four games while having to deal with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, Joe Harris. I'm such a Joe Harris fan. I just wanted to throw him in there. Uh, Blake Griffin, he's obviously playing a lot better now that he's left Detroit. What a shock. Shock horror that the guy that just didn't want to be in Detroit anymore all of a sudden was good again uh, when he left. Um, so, yeah, that that's that's Embiid. But, like, uh, people get caught up on these seconds and third places. I, I mean, I guess it is important, but I, I think Nikola Jokic is going to be pretty close to... I don't think he's going to be the unanimous MVP, but it's going to be right up there. Um, my number four is Chris Paul. Just, you know, he deserves it. He Every team he goes to gets better. He does the... Th- I don't want to get too deeply into it, but you need to watch Chris Paul play. You can't... He's not one of the guys that you go, yeah, but look at his numbers. Like, you can't. You can't just look at his numbers because there's times where he's just... He just picks his moments and he makes teams way better. Um, you know, he, he actually gives the ball up to people. He's thinking about when a player should get the ball. Like if DeAndre Aiden makes a great defensive play, Chris Ball will come down as the point guard and then reward his center for making a great defensive play by giving him the ball in the post. And you know what? When you just give the ball into the post, sometimes you don't get an assist because they take a few dribbles, they make a move, your big man makes a move and... It negates the assist. Um, but it's sometimes much more valuable than, uh, you know, coming down, over-dribbling the ball, getting into the lane and kicking it out to a corner three-point shooter. And everyone else has just sat and watched you do it for 16 seconds. So uh, Chris Paul does the little things. Every team he goes to gets better. And it's not because he's putting up 25, 8, and eight or like ridiculous numbers it it's completely comes down to the way he can control a basketball game and um you know there was a long time Chris Ball's been one of my favorite favorite players for a long time and for a long time he was my my pick for MVP every year um just because of how badly I wanted him to win one because he's so good and you have to watch the games to understand how good he is um and the playoff records you know what he's been a bit unfortunate he has come up short, but he's been very unfortunate as well throughout his career. And um, it sucks if they have to verse the Lakers early, early on in these playoffs. We'll see what happens there. But uh, Chris Paul's my number four. Giannis number five. I wanted to put Julius Randle in so badly, but Giannis is doing the same shit that he's always done, and that's like he's doing the same thing he did when he was MVP. I, I just think people are bored of it, uh, and. If you wanted to say he was the MVP, you probably could. But, um, you know, he loses in the playoffs and it's happened a few times. And when that happens, people get bored of it. Um, And speaking of Giannis losing in the playoffs, he's about to lose in the first round to Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. That's a hot take. Um, But that's what I think is going to happen. And, yeah, that's, that's my awards. So just looking back. Julius Randle, most improved player. Uh, Pencil and Jordan Clarkson is my sixth man of the year. I'm not really happy about it, but whatever. Uh, LaMelo Ball, heavy, heavy favorite for rookie of the year. Uh, Coach of the year. Tibbs, well done with the Knicks, man. Love it. Uh, 
Defensive player of the year, I picked Ben Simmons, but I understand why Rudy Gobert is going to win it, and I think everyone's going to vote for him. Uh, MVP, Nikola Jokic, thank you for winning. I would have loved to have seen Steph won, but, you know, the money I'm going to make off you winning when you were paying $34. $34 at the start of the season. So thanks for winning that, big fella. Um, and, yeah, <clears throat> that's that's my awards done. Uh, let's move on to the All-NBA teams, because I wanted to do those as well. Um, I'm going to start... I was... Actually, before we get into the All-NBA teams, I want to talk about the dual positions that have been put into this. This... I hate this. I hate it. There are players in this league that are guards slash forwards. And there are players in this league that are forwards slash centers. But what the NBA has done... This this soft mentality of let's let everyone win. Everyone deserves a participation award. Everyone deserves to be a winner. It's just not, it's not sport, okay? And I'm just going to go through the people that are dual position, okay? So for the guards and forwards, we've got Jalen Brown as a guard forward. That's fine. Jason Tatum, that's fine. Luca, that's fine. Zach Levine, uh, yeah, I guess so. Kawhi, yeah, I agree. Paul George, I, I definitely agree with that. Jimmy Butler, absolutely. Uh, Chris Middleton, yep. Ben Simmons, uh, yes. I think Ben Simmons is a point guard, power forward slash small forward. Uh, I think that's fine. LeBron James, I understand he brings the ball up. I, I actually think LeBron is a forward, just a point forward. I, I don't really see him as a point guard, but you can obviously have him bring the ball up. I'm going to just explain why I think that. Uh, and Devin Booker, I think that's ridiculous. Devin Booker is a two guard. He's not a forward. Devin Booker's not a forward. Um, but I'll get into that a little bit more in a second. Um... Then for the forward slash centers, we've got Anthony Davis. Yes, I agree. Draymond Green. Yes, I agree. Now this is where it starts to get silly. Bam. He's listed as a forward center. Okay. I think he's a center. Moving on. Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, forward center. I think he's definitely a center. And then this is where it gets really ridiculous. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. This is why they've done it. They've put Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic in as centers forwards. Okay, let me talk about why I think this is dumb. And this is this participation, we want to make everyone a winner thing. Because they want to put Nikola Jokic, they want Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid to both be first team players. People miss out. Every year it's who missed out, who was robbed of an all-star team, who is robbed of this, who is robbed of that. Sometimes there's only so many thing people that can be picked for a certain thing. And that's how sports works. You know, I've been like, it's just what happens. Sometimes people miss out. It's sport. You can't, the world can't all make it. Okay? If it, okay, so I've picked my All-NBA teams. Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic are not both going to be in my first team. Because for me, I understand that the modern-day center can stretch the floor. I understand that they can step out. I understand that Nikola Jokic is taking people off the dribble. I understand Joel Embiid loves that little up fake and go 
from the top of the three-point line, and they're attacking from the from the top. They're attacking from outside the three-point line. They can shoot the three ball. I understand they can do these things. That doesn't make them forwards. I think the best way to look at this, this modern-day player is, yeah, I understand it's positionless basketball on the offensive end, but what about the defensive end? Because this is the reality is guys like... Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid, like, they're centers. They guard centers. And they're going to struggle with a wing player. So when we're talking about forwards, when we're talking about these wing players, like, you know, you you couldn't have Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic on the same court together. Maybe Nikola Jokic is that good of a passer that you could get away with it offensively. But defensively, they're going to get carved up. They're just going to get carved up. So I don't... I don't think we can look at positions offensively anymore, but I think the traditional positions still come into play when we're looking at the defensive side of the ball, and that's how I've made my pick for my All-NBA teams. So, And that kind of comes down to the the Devin Booker thing. I, I don't think Devin Booker's guarding forwards, and I don't think LeBron's really guarding guards. Uh, I think they... I don't want to disrespect LeBron, but LeBron at this stage of his career, he's guarding the slower wings. Okay, he's not guarding the point guards. Okay, um, and Ben Simmons, for example, he doesn't shoot the ball, but he can guard one through to four, one through to five. I talked about that in my defensive player of the year uh, nominations, and he brings the ball up the court and he, he plays like an old school point guard that Magic Johnson type that couldn't really shoot the ball. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm fine with him being a guard slash forward. If you were to break it down even more, I think he's a point guard slash point forward, power forward. You know what I mean? So, you know what I mean to the person, there's no one sitting next to me. Um, but yeah, you guys, you know what I mean. Um, so that's just my take on the All-NBA stuff. Stop giving out these participation awards. Let's be realistic. I want my all-NBA teams to also look like basketball teams that you would actually want on the court. Okay? Um, All right. Uh, My all-NBA first team... I'm going to go first down because I think it gets harder the further you go down. Uh, My guards are Steph Curry and Chris Paul. Uh, They're my two highest guards on my MVP ballot. It just makes sense to me. Uh, for some reason, I've seen a lot of, like, Chris Paul in the, in people's top fives for MVP, but then in their All-NBA first team, they're not putting him there. And that doesn't make sense to me because the only other guard in people's All-NBA, uh, people's MVP list is... You, you actually, no, I have seen some people put one of the guards that I put in my second team into their uh, MVP top five ballots. But I don't know. Just the way Chris Paul's impacts winning. I love watching him play. I love watching him at the fourth quarters. He's I'm putting him on my All-NBA first team. You guys might think I'm wrong. That's fine. So Steph and Chris Paul is my backcourt, my guards. My forwards, I've got Luca and Giannis. Um, I think they're locks. Uh, they've both had phenomenal seasons. And my center is Nikola Jokic, the MVP. That's how it is. I, I I couldn't justify... I think if I took Joel Embiid and put him 
at forward instead of Giannis or Luca, I think my team's worse. So I don't, I can't justify putting him in that first team. Uh, and that's that's the way I'm going with that. Uh, my All-NBA second team, I've got Damian Lillard at guard and I've got Jimmy Butler at guard. Uh, and I've done that so that I can fit in uh, Kawhi and Julius Randle into my forwards for that second team. So it's Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, that's my guards and my forwards. And then my center is Joel Embiid, okay? He is a top three MVP candidate, but the reality is is he plays a position, a very specific position, and he's been the second best player in that position this season. So All-NBA second team, you've had a great season, Joel Embiid. Come be the, the MVP next season, and then you get to be in that first team over Nikola Jokic. Um so yeah, Lillard, obviously, phenomenal season. He has moments where he puts Portland on his back, and it's super impressive. Uh, CJ McCollum's obviously had a lot of injuries this season. And yeah, Lillard, Lillard's done Lillard things, and he's phenomenal. And you can make the case that he's the second-best point guard uh, in the league right now, and you wouldn't be wrong. He's not Steph, but maybe I made a mistake. I don't know. I keep on looking at it like, should I have Lillard above Chris Paul? I don't know. I've gone with Chris Paul. Lillard's in my second team. Jimmy Butler, the way he's impacted the Miami Heat, like we've seen what they're like when he's not there. He's phenomenal. He's a top 12 player in the NBA. That's just off the top of my head. Potentially a top 10. I think he's super underrated. I've loved him for a long time now. Uh, All my mates, they got tired of me talking about Jimmy Butler the whole playoff series last year. Just at the start of each series, I was like, Miami's going to win. And I'm not even a Heat fan, uh, but I love that run last year. I I, I support. I did end up supporting the Heat throughout that playoff, that those playoffs, because um, there was no Knicks and there was no Steph Curry. So, yeah, that was great. Jimmy Butler, he's awesome. He's my other guard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, uh, I struggled with this one. Kawhi, I I couldn't decide between Kawhi and LeBron. And to be honest, I actually listened to a few a few podcasts and tried to figure it out, and I. I I couldn't. LeBron, it just felt like he's missed so much. Uh, Kawhi's played more games, and I think that's all it really came down to. Um, but uh, the peak of Kawhi's season, the peak of LeBron's season, LeBron was better, but Kawhi did play more games. And Yeah, I don't love it. If someone wanted to come in and tell me that LeBron should be in the second team, go for it. But my lock... For the other forward position was Julius Randle. I think he's been phenomenal. The Knicks are relevant again. And I don't... I've talked about Nick Julius Randle a lot today. He's He was in that MVP chat, and he was in that most improved chat. He's been unreal. Um, actually, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Julius Randle. I'm so tired of hearing people say they were surprised about his jump and assist numbers. Here's the thing about Julius Randle. We shouldn't be as surprised as what we are. Like, I remember watching him on the Lakers and being and thinking, this guy is super talented. In fact, I remember making the comparison going, is this guy a less good defensive version, a less defensive version, more offensive, explosive version of Draymond Green? And it's And I was saying that when he was at the Lakers. And it's because he had great vision. But he's now on a team where the offense actually runs through him. 
And a lot of these jumps and assist numbers really comes down to how does your team use you? Because in the end, like I can be at, like, if I go down to the local park and I play and I stand at the top of the three point line and I have people set screens for other people and I just make the read, like I'm going to get a lot more assist than when I sit in the corner and and play that way. So when you put the ball in someone's hands more and you have the actions happening away from them and they're making that final decision, like their assist numbers are going to go up. And I'm not surprised, like Julius Randle has always had a crew, like a decent enough vision that for when he became a veteran in this league, it wouldn't be surprising that he could make plays for other people. I'm just surprised that other people are surprised. Actually, I'm not that surprised because people don't actually watch the games. But Julius Randle, there's no surprise about the assist numbers. The efficiency, the better shooting, things like that. I mean, yeah, we can be surprised, but it was never a shock if he hit a three. He's just worked on his game. Uh, and he's playing with a lot of confidence. And he's been unreal. He's an All-NBA second team player. Uh, I try. I wanted to talk myself into all NBA first team. I I kind of thought I was like, yeah, if, you know, if I put Luca at guard, I could maybe shift Julius Randle up into first team, and then I could bump Chris Paul down into the guard spot, um, on the second team, and Jimmy Butler into the forward spot, and then I can have Julius Randle on the first. I was really thinking about it, uh, but I didn't do it. Um, but yeah, unreal season, Julius Randle. Keep it up for next season. Go Knicks. Um, and yeah, so center Joel Embiid. We've, we've gone through that. Uh, All-NBA third team. Uh, my guards. I had Kyrie Irving. He was actually my lock guard. Like, I know it's tough. I know he sat out twice. Two different occasions. Like, but he... First of all, it felt wrong not having a Brooklyn Nets player. Spoiler alert. He's my only Brooklyn Nets player. Um, cause they've been a great team and I think he's been the most consistent for them. Uh, James Harden's obviously been good. I'm not going to ignore the fact that he just quit playing for Houston. Like it wasn't your year. I'm sorry, James. Like you didn't play enough games for Brooklyn and the Houston thing. That was tough. It was tough. And I'm sure you'll be back in the all NBA teams next season. Um, but Kyrie Irving, 50-40-90 season, his play has been phenomenal, he's efficient, he's just unreal. Like, Kyrie Irving is unreal. He, like, the 50-40-90 thing is not, I, I guess it's not that surprising, because we've seen him do it, we've seen him do it in the finals, he's, he's an, uh, he's just an unreal talent, and it's one of those things where it's like, Sometimes Kyrie Irving's one of my favorite players, and then other times you're like, man, what are you doing? Just, like, what what are you trying to do here? Um, but 50-40-90 on t- basically 27 points a game, six assists, five rebounds, um, a steal and a half. Like, I don't You just, it's awesome. So, yeah, he's, he's a lock for me. Uh, my other guard spot is Bradley Beal, leading, second leading scorer in the NBA. Steph obviously passed him just at the end there. Uh, but, you know, a massive part of the the duo that's made Washington relevant at the back end of the season. We thought it was going to be a... It was not looking good at the start. Uh, but Bradley Beal, unreal talent. Um, 
and he's the closer of that Washington team, and they've won a lot of games on the back of his ability to score the basketball. Um, so he is my second guard. This is see this this is why I started. I've gone top to bottom because this is the players that are now missing out. Uh, I can already tell you that Devin Booker has missed out. I'm not putting him in a forward spot because I do not believe he can, could guard forwards. Um, he is a guard in my mind, and he is just a guard, and he will not make be one of the guards of my team. It's Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal. I think I think they've had better seasons. Um, Donovan Mitchell, that was tough. I really, I was sitting on Donovan Mitchell for a long time, uh, but I did end up going with Bradley Beal over him. <clears throat> uh, and also because I felt like a Utah player had to make it. Spoiler alert, Rudy Gobert is the center of my All-NBA third team. Um, and who else? Oh, I'll get into the Fords. Oh, Russell Westbrook. I almost picked... Yeah, that's a tough one. He's another historic season. The triple-doubles are great, but in the end, if if I'm Washington, if I'm a Washington fan, if I'm a Washington coach, and I have to pick between whether I have Bradley Beal on the court or Russell Westbrook on the court, I'm probably leaning towards Bradley Beal. Um, but no, phenomenal season by Russell Westbrook. I'm a Westbrook fan. And he's been a lot of fun this season. He's always a lot of fun. And it's hard. It's it's hard to hate a guy that just brings so much passion to the game of basketball. And it's great to see. But I'm sorry. Not in my All-NBA first, second, third team. Not that it matters. I don't have a vote. Um, my Fords. Uh, it kind of sucks. I didn't pick Paul George. But he's had a great season under the radar. Low-key. Low-key great season by Paul George. Um, he was a late scratch for me. I had LeBron at one forward. He was like looking... He was really looking like the MVP at the start of the season. He was really good. Um, and I. it's not just because it's LeBron. I think he deserves to be in that third spot because uh, he won enough games early on that the Lakers, you know, stayed relevant enough to stay in the playoffs because he's missed a lot of time. And if he if it wasn't for his play at the start of the season and how phenomenal he was, that team probably drops out of the playoffs or LeBron has to come back earlier uh, on that injury. Um, so he was my lock. And then I was my other forward spot, I was tossing up between Zion Williams and uh, Paul George. And I don't know where to go, but this unstoppable force that is Zion Williamson, I decided to go with that. They've, they played him at point guard this season. It's weird. Uh, it's a very weird team, and it's going to be very different. And Zion's the, the person they're going to be uh, playing around. They're going to change their team up to suit him. Um, and, yeah, he he's a phenomenal talent. He was probably a top five show in the NBA this season, and I've put him in my third team. And as I said before, Rudy Gay, the uh, Rudy Gay, Rudy Gobert, the center, um, uh, probably the defensive player of the year, if not definitely second. And uh, Utah wins a lot of games with him there. And if you were to make an All NBA team for the playoffs. I would almost guarantee he doesn't get in. I think you can make the case for Bam. I would rather Bam on my team than Rudy Gobert. 
Um, and I think come playoff time, I wouldn't be surprised if that's really evident. Um, but for this regular season, you know, at Utah Jazz, uh, number one, number one in the West. They are number one in the West, right? Sometimes I'm just throwing out facts here. I'm hopefully I'm going, <laughs> I'm getting them right. Uh, NBA West leader is uh, Utah. Yeah, I was right. So, um, and yeah, so. Well done, Rudy Gobert. So those honorable mentions, Russell Westbrook, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker, Paul George, throw Bam in there as well. Uh, But not everyone can make it. So that's how it is. Um, But yeah, so just going over that, All-NBA first team, Steph Curry, Chris Paul, Luka, Giannis, Jokic, All-NBA second team, Lillard, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, Julius Randle, Joel Embiid. All-NBA third team, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, LeBron, Zion, Rudy Gobert. Um, And yeah, I hope you enjoyed that listen. That's just my uneducated opinion on these things. Uh, But yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, Once again, uh, I did this sport one in my car. Maybe this is a thing. I just do my sport ones in the car. It's uh, it's currently 12.14 a.m. And I've, I've been sitting in my car doing this. Um, because I couldn't do an interview this week and, you know, my podcast, I, I'm really excited by the interviews. The interviews are a lot of fun, but, um, and I'm trying to do them as close to once a week as possible, but this week it couldn't happen. Uh, a valuable member of my team, Jackson wasn't available and I didn't want to do it without him because he helps me with the content and I think it's great releasing cool content along with the podcast. So I want to continue that. And I think it's great giving the the person who I'm interviewing a platform to, and I, I give them a bit of, a bit of content as well, uh, whether they want to use it or not, that's up to them, but I want to continue giving that. Um, so yeah, I think I'm all done. Um, but yeah, so like I said, no interview this week, sadly, but, uh, have a great guest for next week lined up. Hopefully we can sort out a, a time and day. Uh, but I think it looks like we're locked in for next week. Um, if not, there's a few other people that I could bring in. So yeah, keep an eye, keep an ear out, an eye out for that. Uh, once again, looking at the Summit Heights Club, or it'll obviously be on my personal Instagram if you follow me on there. Um, I may release another podcast this week though. Another sport one. Uh... I was watching the NBA Hall of Fame, and I think I've got a way to fix it. A lot of people are making the Hall of Fame. First of all, shout-outs, Kobe, Hall of Famer for sure. Kevin Garnett, Hall of Famer for sure. Tim Duncan, Hall of Famer for sure. Uh, Unreal talents. I was blessed enough to see a lot of their careers. Um, And shout-out to everyone else that made the Hall of Fame along with them. Um... But I think I've got a way to fix it because there's people complaining about how easy too many people make the Hall of Fame. And yeah, I might do a podcast talking about how I think we can fix it. Um, So yeah, keep an eye out for that maybe this week. Um, Besides that, this has been Marshy's Corner brought to you by Summit Heights Club. Go follow them Um, and enjoy the playoffs. I'm excited. Have a good one.